Hey there, everybody. It's James Lindsay, and you are listening to New Discourses Bullets. It's a short-form podcast where I give you um, a quick summary, a bullet-point-type summary, so to speak, of a single topic from woke Marxism that you need to understand so that we can beat it. And we're going to beat this. This is a topic of today, actually, is how do we beat this? It comes up all the time. And I want to say, you know, a lot of people want big, sweeping, almost miraculous Hail Mary solutions. And I think there are some things out there that could actually fit the bill or do large amounts of damage to the program. One of those, I don't know that all the fallout would be perfect. I advocate for it anyway. Um, but I think that getting woke properly classified as a as, as a form of religious instruction um, under establishment clause. So First Amendment jurisprudence would do a lot. We get the Supreme Court to decide that woke and even Marxism really are religions, as they should have always been classified. In fact, they are cult religions. We get them to identify that, and it's out of the public schools basically tomorrow. Uh, so sad school choice lobby, because then you won't have any ground for your... your uh, policy proposal, because it's really the main reason people want it. Uh, if we, it would be out of the military, basically tomorrow, it would be out of government agencies. It would be very obvious that when Joe Biden puts out an executive order uh, calling for equity to be forced into every facet of the federal government, that that's uh, of not just a establishment, uh, sorry, not just a uh, 14th Amendment violation, which is the Equal Protection Clause, not the Equitable Protection Clause, by the way, but it would also be a First Amendment violation because the mechanisms for achieving equity and the rationale for achieving equity fall under this religious uh, interpretation, which the state cannot endorse in that way. That's a Hail Mary. That, that, that's a big sweeping thing. Massive lawsuits, maybe that hit school districts for the huge amounts of deliberate and negligent harm they're visiting on kids through woke struggle sessions, the gender and sex and trans stuff that they're doing through queer theory and gender theory. Um, very inappropriate, very easy to show that it's inappropriate, that it's developmentally damaging. The, the like I said, the woke struggle sessions under CRT, SEL, etc. The um, these would be these are huge huge damages are happening. Negligent harm. The school should know better. The school district adults should know better than be implementing struggle sessions and sexuality education the way that they are. The harms are are rampant. Learning loss from COVID. Uh, the learning loss and the actual physical injuries that are caused by their violence in schools, caused by these same pro problems combined with restorative justice and inclusive classroom policies taken outside of a very narrow context. Yes, restorative justice has a narrow application. Yes, inclusive classrooms have a narrow application that fits within disability law, but that's not how they're being applied under woke doctrine. Negligent, that's another, anyway deliberate and negligent harm being visited on our kids and lawsuits to that effect. That's another big one. But we're not going to have huge sweeping solutions for the most part. And that's what this podcast is about. That was a huge diversion. I apologize in a short podcast. We're going to grind them down. I said this two years ago. I'm actually going to read this to you. We win mostly by slowing them down so that evidence and distrust Increase in the meantime. We slow them down by, as the saying goes, throwing sand in the gears. You have to make it take longer, make it harder to implement, be unwieldy, 
be ungovernable, as the libertarians like to say. You throw sand in the gears of their machine. I did a podcast here recently talking about opting out of their system. Don't be a cog in their machine. If they're missing cogs, it's harder for them to implement. Well, in this case, you can also throw sand into the gears, and that grinds it more and more slowly. We see these kinds of things happening. The slower things roll out, look how slowly some of the stuff with COVID rolled out. And what happened? People started to argue against it. People got sick of it. You had fatigue. Look how slowly their cultural revolution's rolling out now that 2020 is over. What do we have? Revolutionary fatigue. The activists are still activist-y, but nobody else really wants to participate. Everybody else is getting sick of this crap. Normal people are sick and tired of it, and they're starting to realize that the activists are the provocateurs. That takes time. How do you get time? Sand in the gears. The misfeasance that they're pulling with the banks, the misfeasance that they pulled with COVID, all of these things come out, but it takes time. The misfeasance that they pulled with social media, that took until Elon Musk decided to buy it. That was a big Hail Mary thing, but then he starts releasing these Twitter files. Evidence starts coming out against them. The illegitimacies surrounding the Biden administration. These took time to start coming up. The bodies have to start piling up, so to speak, and then people start to notice. That takes time. And the way that you get time is by throwing sand in the gears, by making it harder and more time-consuming and more expensive for them to implement. One way to do that we talked about before is opt out. Don't be a cog in the machine. The other way is to be basically, as they say, a pain in the butt. Look, I didn't swear. So two years ago, actually, February 10th, 2021, I wrote the following thread on Twitter. You can tell me how I did. We'll see how I did. I haven't read the whole thing again in a couple of years. February 10th, 2021. For posterity's sake, it is St. Patrick's Day. It is March 17th, 2023 today. When I wrote, people keep asking me how we win this. We don't win, LOL. We throw sand in the gears and wait for the thing to grind itself into its own destruction. Hope we don't lose everything in the process and start rebuilding after the catastrophe ends. Winning has left the building. That's what I said on February 10th, 2021. Two years ago, I already said, no, 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 we don't win. That, that ship has sailed. Instead, we slow them down until the thing grinds to a halt and then we rebuild. We can actually be building the prototypes and the early phases of whatever it is. But I went on in my thread. I said, tyranny is upon us. It may not last long, but it has already begun. The logic is inexorable and for all intents and purposes now unstoppable. The Bolshevik revolution was one thing, Hungarian another, Czech another. Those are the kinds of choices we have now. And so the Bolshevik Revolution went to the communists, and for 69 years, the Soviets had a Soviet Union. The Hungarian Revolution, I'm referring to the one in 1919, there was more than one, lasted for four months, and then the uh, thing was pushed back. I forgot in the meantime, in the last two years, the details of the Czech Revolution. We have talked in the past here on the podcast about the Cultural Revolution and the uh, CCP Revolution in China in both 49 and then again in the 1960s. There is other There are other revolutions. We're not going to get into all that. The Hungarian one is key, though, and the Bolshevik Revolution is one thing, Hungarian another. That's what I really want to point out is two choices here. Why? Because what happened with the Hungarian Revolution was, how did it fail? Well, partly they did exactly what they're doing now. They sexualized the kids. 
or at least reports say that they started to sexualize the kids. And it turns out that the religious parents and especially the farmers and good salt of the earth people in Hungary didn't like that one damn bit. And so what did they do? They became sand in the gears. They didn't have the power to overthrow its people, overthrow the Soviet regime that had already set up under Bela Kun. They didn't have that power. They didn't need that power. They just had to slow it down. Why? Because it's a communist regime. So it's stricken with internal corruption, infighting, just like today. There were pressures, I think, if I remember my history right, I'd have to read, but I think from Romania, there was pressures of war coming. Um, the rest of Europe is is kind of post-World War One. all these weird war-type pressures, and the external and internal pressures built up, and over the course of about four months, the thing cracked and it failed. But what helped by the time was that the Hungarian peasants, the Hungarian Catholics in particular also, the religious, the devout, the good salt of the earth people, moral people in Hungary, were sand in the gears. They resisted, and that bought time. It cost the regime a lot. They weren't able to organize. They weren't able to mobilize to deal with the prob other problems that they had. And eventually it fell apart. So when I said those are the kinds of choices we have now, that's the kind of choice I was trying to point toward. I said the intended tyrannical regime is to be effectively global and the same everywhere all at once. There is no place to run to. There's only how long it lasts and none last forever. Maybe it's light in only a few months. That's like Hungary, although theirs was fairly brutal. Maybe it's heavy in a few centuries or otherwise. And then I said, how do we, to get into how we do, so those are our choices. They're not great, but we're doing better than I thought we would be doing over these past two years. So then I'm, I give some advice. How do we throw the sand in the gears? I said, advice. Don't go along with the lie for your part. Cancel anyone who would cancel you or who attempts to before they can achieve it. Empty your organization or institution of the revolutionaries and deal with their temper tantrums like a rock among the waves. In other words, don't get pushed around by it. They throw a fit. You say so what? Expose whatever hypocrisy you can. Not to them, for that's not said for not only will it affect not affect them, they don't see it as hypocritical in their false morality. But you must expose it to others so that they might be alerted to it. Help people laugh gently at how ridiculous it is and how silly it is to have fallen for it. So you have to educate people about what's going on, you have to point out its contradictions, and you have to teach people to laugh at how ridiculous it is. If people laugh at how ridiculous it is, this is major sand in their gears. If they're laughing at how ridiculous the woke policies are, or they're freaked out, but especially if they laugh. If they Let me stay on laughing. If they laugh about how ridiculous the woke policies are, then they can laugh at themselves for supporting woke. If they can laugh at themselves for supporting woke, they can abandon woke while forgiving themselves for it. That's a huge difference from being badgered or shamed or yelled at or cursed or ha whatever. It gives them an off-ramp. Help people laugh gently at how ridiculous it is and how silly it is to have fallen for it. In other words, do some comedy. Complain as loudly and in as organized and informed a fashion as you can anywhere you can exert influence, which will mostly be locally. Pressure your state to protect you from the feds. Pressure your representatives to keep the country free. 
probably leave Canada. Wasn't that prescient? Two years ago, two years and a month, 25, month, 25 months ago, probably leave Canada. I think about that one a lot, by the way. I called that one a long way out. Do not only question their prescriptions, but also their assumptions. Example, you have to do some kind of diversity training, even if it is just a check off the box. No, you damn well don't. That's a lie. Don't go along with lies. Cultivate a good company and institutional culture instead. In other words, don't try to find a fake ESG or a fake diversity thing so you can check off the box and get a good score. Throw their logic out the window and say you're not going to do it. Resist. It will be worse the longer you play along. I said I can't tell you not to be worried or scared. You absolutely should be. And this will take real courage. I will tell you this, it gets harder the longer you wait. It gets scarier and for more concrete reasons the longer you wait. As it has been forever, it's actually easier now. And so these are ways you can throw sand in the gears. Refuse to go along. Make fun of it. Educate people. Tell people what's happening. Explain the agenda. Decode their bogus language. Learn something about it and tell your friends. Get politically active. Show up to stuff just to support people if you're not the one doing it. Figure out what you can do and contribute. There are a million things you can do. To throw sand in the ask questions. Show up to meetings. Ask impertinent questions. Go to their Zooms. Record them, expose them, share them, point them out, connect it to the theory. Make it as hard for them to do what they're doing unimpeded as possible. I know it's tiring. I know it's tedious. I know it's exhausting. I know you got other things to do. Protect your children. Teach your children not to go along with it. Teach your children not to participate. If you're, I know we're past peak pronoun now, but if they ask your children what their pronouns are, tell them to say, I am a girl. That's sand in the gears, baby. That's serious sand in the gears. Why? Because they can't assume pronouns. So they can't say, oh, so your pronouns are she, her. And if they do, even if they break their own rules, I am a girl. I am a girl. The right answer to what are your pronouns are, I am a boy, I am a girl, I am a man, I am a woman. Those are the correct answers to that question. You could also be a little more funny. I'm not religious. I'm not participating in your religious ritual. Thank you. We're all stocked up here. These are things that throw sand in the gears. You can resist DEI training. I did a recent podcast on that. I won't summarize what to do again. You can go look it up. There are lots of things, but you must put sand in the gears. You must slow down the process. The slower it is, the more expensive it is for them to implement, the more likely we'll get to a place where some piece of their programming collapses under its own weight before it can take over. That's absolutely key. Every time you expose somebody, it matters. Every time you show up, it matters. Every time you ask a hard question, it matters. Every time you post something on social media that anybody sees, it matters. Every time you tell a friend, it matters. This is how you put sand in the gears. Just make it difficult for them to participate. That's I'm just purposefully being a little clumsy because opting out of things, which I covered in a different podcast, is a huge bit of sand in the gears. It's more like taking their gear out of the machine. So, Sand in the gears, slow them down, keep trying to expose them in the process. This feels like it doesn't work, but I assure you it's one of the most valuable tactics. I said it two years ago. I stand by it today. It's one of the most valuable tactics that you can use against a machine like this. 
The bad part is if you're putting sand in the gears, meaning you're really kind of the sand, the gears are going to grind you. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to hurt. They're going to smack at you. They're going to make your life difficult. I assure you, you're making their life difficult too. And they don't have truth and reality on their side, but you do. You have a rock behind you. They do not. Every time you frustrate them, you put sand in their gears. Put as much sand in their gears as you possibly can. Talk back. Ask questions. Be a pain in the ass. It works.